hypocrisy. We have people hiding in your beauty, distorting your makeup, trying to prevent your people from finding their happiness in the pursuit of you. Sometimes can't find the consistencies within the Constitution. Their construct wants to erase our contribution and label us as cons in the name of you. They say slavery is abolished except for the convicted felon. Most of us have never seen a gavel swing. We are not dummies. Our bodies should never be used to crash test bullets in the name of justice, democracy, equality. I've seen this nation cry like the hardest of rainfalls. But the days are only brighter as we see the rainbow complete the melting pot. So we always should be joyful, jubilant, and gay. That's the only way to transition as a people. As the birth child of the Constitution, you know that gender equality is promoting welfare for all people. Democracy. Your name is more than just a free vote. It's the freedom to have a choice, for a woman to choose when a child should exit the sovereign state of her body. That should not be his bipartisan argument. The only voice that actually matters is hers, democracy. <laughs> democracy. Life. Some of us are not as privileged as others, but our blood and bones are still sewn in the fabric of the American flag. You're listening flag. to the Tom Sickman Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Good morning, everyone. And Harry, thanks for uh, playing that at the inauguration this past Monday for our Mayor Justin Elliger and, and Alders and Board of Ed uh, person that was elected. Uh, there's a New Haven poet with the first year that New Haven has selected a New Haven poet and Charmant influence. That was his poem on democracy. And J Jamila Hokinson is with us today, our guest, but I wanted Jamila to play that. And I'm going to play that pretty much at the top of all of my shows between now and now and, um, and November, because regardless of the guests that I'm talking with, whether it's a domestic guest or someone that's representing international affairs, this issue of democracy, in my mind, uh, is uh, it, 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 we're, we're on the precipice of what does truly d d democracy mean. So I'm just kind of uh, uh, trying to get over my angst as we as we approach November and just kind of share the thought that th this is a very important uh, next nine nine or so months uh, on on the planet. But but Jamila Hulk Hokinson is with us. Jamila, I'm not going to ask you how old you are. But I am going to say, but you didn't hate that you have three children. But I'm I'm starting on that fact because it's so it's a blessing that you uh, uh, earned your 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 BS from Cornell in 1999 and your MBA and from uh, Brigham Young in in, in 20, 2005 and your 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 MS in, in 2014 from University of Texas at Dallas and. And and then your 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 MD in, in twenty eighteen. So either you started when you were in three or four years old in elementary school, but I'll just I'll leave that aside. But I say that is kind of like the highest testament testament to someone who's been in so many sectors uh, of life, and not to mention working in in, in at Frito Lay and Pepsi. Uh, so I'm not going to go through all of your all of your uh, your, your background, but I I guess I, I guess what I'm saying, Jamila, is. This we're going to talk for like fifty minutes or so, and I'm going to shut up in a second and give you a chance to talk. Uh, but this this cannot be a one off. I'm really hoping that we might be able to kind of resume and follow up on the discussion. Uh, I want to mm -hmm. get uh, start by giving a shout out to Jordan Slowshower for <clears throat> connecting me with you. And Jordan's been on the show twice uh, in terms of the Wellness Center. So uh, where where would you like to begin? I this this your, your background is of, of extreme interest to me. Your recent involvement with with psilocybin and 
and and and psychiatry and and health for all people uh it certainly uh is of intense interest i'm just curious what what's on your your heart mind and soul uh, as you kind of share share your journey and your passion and your product <clears throat> yeah sure i know i'd love to and so i can give you a little bit of background as to tying all those pieces together and kind of what got me here you know today where i'm at right now but i grew up in a very small town in saginaw michigan there are not a lot of resources. My mom had to work two hours away in Detroit uh, because the economy was so bad. And um, she instilled in me a desire for higher education and achievements. She worked really hard to get me into a program, which um, was an advanced math and science academy that only very few students, especially from my neighborhood, attended. I think I was the only one on my side of town that got into this program. But my mother's, you know, was the one that drove that, not me. And because of that, I went on to, um, I was in the inner city kind of school system and I actually was failing math and, math and science. Mm -hmm. It was a high number of students, um, teachers were burned out, there weren't a lot of resources and I, I wasn't doing well in that environment. And I remember going to my uh, teacher at the time because I needed a recommendation from her to get into this advanced math and science academy. And uh, she said, why am I gonna sign this? You're barely passing pre-algebra. You're only gonna mm -hmm. fail, she told me. And then she said, but you know what? I really don't care. And then she signed it. And I'm grateful she didn't care because it got me into that program. I went on from being a C uh, student to an A plus student doing advanced calculus uh, at the age of um, 12. Mm. And it's because I had access to a teacher that was passionate. The classrooms were smaller. They were much more empowering. And I excelled in that environment. And that is what launched me into where I'm at today. Because without that, if I would not graduate high school or would have definitely been marginal and kind of stayed in the town that I was in. Um, but I excelled in high school. And then because of that, I got into Cornell and that really launched my life. So I really give credit to my mother who mm. had this vision of me. So I did not mm -hmm. even see at the age of 12 uh, that got me to where I'm at today. And so speaking of democracy and women, that is kind of what has driven me today. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to ask you to kind of, jump to the wellness center, but psych the but I'm I'm also tempted to ask you about psychiatry and just your journey there. I'm also tempted to ask you working with the with uh Frito Lay and Pepsi with a Fortune 500 company. I, I was looking at your background, I saw Harvey Russell there. People might not know his name, but there's yeah. been we, we know about Martin Luther King Day, we know about Jesse Jackson, but we don't know about uh, a lot of the a lot of the business pioneers. So so Harvey in terms of marketing and and just this and and uh uh, there are other people that are just not on our radar screen as much in terms of the, 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 the business, the, the business world. So I'm, 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 I'm like tempted 10,000 ways that to, to, to ask you a question, but I don't want to steer you. How, how would you like to talk? What would you like to do address next? Yeah, I think we could talk about sort of the, the, uh, uh, wellness center and sort of my interest there, because, um, I, I am really troubled about the black mental health crisis that's going on, mm -hmm. especially among our youth. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that uh, people of color in general tend to underutilize the mental health system and treatment for a variety of reasons, which I can totally appreciate. And especially, you know, here in New Haven, having been a psychiatry resident here to see um, that disparity exist. And, um, and Dr. Sloshar and I, Jordan and I, you know, started this uh, along with our other um, co-partner uh, Stephanie Kilpatrick um, and some other founders um, have 
actually started this clinic in a way to hopefully start to address having access to mental health and mm-hmm. to destigmatize it overall. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is so important that we all have a basic mental health sort of support system in our life, uh, wherever that may be. And, um, you know, that's the, that was the reason for the clinic. And then my, my interest in particularly psychedelics and psychotherapies started in residency. I didn't, I actually had knew nothing about it. They don't teach psychedelics in medical school. They don't teach about it in residency. Mm-hmm. I happened to be on a research unit as a resident where the clinical trial of psilocybin was being run. And I saw the transformational experience that happened in the participants that did this trial. And I'm like, what did you just give them? Because I've mm. never seen anything work that fast. Mm. I mean, we live in a kind of pharmaceutical industry where um, our goal is to kind of medicate people and medicate the symptoms away so that they can continue just to be workhorses and um, not really, uh, really try to find meaning in life by being dependent on these medications. And drugs, you know, they do have their place. And I'm not necessarily discounting them, but certainly for acute symptoms, they are incredibly helpful. Um mm-hmm. But there's there is also another way. There's another way in terms of getting at the underlying root cause of what the symptoms are being attributed to, the trauma that happened, the societal um, microaggressions that may have made people sort of have this fearful kind of state that they're in. And psychedelics can help get to the underlying root cause that then they can live a meaningful life. Excellent. So, so position the the psilocybin and, and psychedelics in the in the context of the wellness center is located where, actually, I mean, I know where it is, but I want you to, to share with folks. It's around, it's almost around the corner from me. So, mm-hmm. so, so I'm, 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 I'm in the area and, uh, and, and where you see in the future, will these centers kind of proliferate or do you think it will just be a, still a challenge to, for, for, for the wellness centers to kind of could not, if, if not necessarily compete, but provide services, but just so, you know, where is it? How long have you guys been there? Uh, what, what's your kind of dream? What are you kind of offering at the wellness center? I really want, and this is not that our next 50 minutes is a commercial because it, to me, this is so important. The services, the vision that you have from the wellness center. So if people say, oh, Tom, why are you just promoting the wellness center? I'll say, I'll, I'll take that accusation because I believe so much in, in what in what you're doing. Okay, so slow, no, great. Slow. Yeah, we actually are embedded in the New Haven community. So we're right in uh, Westville is where it's located at. Off of Whaley Ave. Uh, and we chose that specifically because we really wanted to be in the New Haven community. And so um, out of all of our options, that's the one that we decided that we wanted to make the most difference in. Um, we um, sort of start, we started seeing our first uh, patient uh, clients uh, in March, April timeframe. Uh, and with the, uh, uh, we do uh, primarily uh, ketamine assisted psychotherapy. So that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the current legal sort of a drug that's available right now. Um, And we use it at psychedelic levels of dosing for those who desire to journey into that space uh, to understand a little more about what's going on with them. We also do traditional bread and butter kind of mental health treatment. We do, we can prescribe meds, uh, that sort of an option. Um, But our overall goal is to really look at the whole person Mm -hmm. and to look at all aspects of their life. And so we offer kind of a lot of community support um, programming that kind of helps with that. So we have yoga, um, we're looking at bringing in a, a massage therapist. Um, we uh, do dance. We do music. Um, we have uh, workshops that deal with your family systems that go back generations. So mm. if you're working on untying, uh, inner, you know, t- traumatic knots that were passed on from you from generations mm-hmm. that you don't realize are there. Mm. Um, that happens every month. And so these are really looking at all aspects of the person's life 
and, and getting them engaged in that way uh, to, to really hopefully find, find healing. Um, and so we are more of a holistic kind of mental health practice. Um, and uh, we've been steadily growing um, and continue to do so, which is very exciting. Mm. We, we do have thoughts and ideas and aspirations to expand and yeah. to, yeah, ultimately have a location with like land outside that we can do some land work on and, and be in nature um, and, yeah, continue to grow. And so we're very excited to kind of be in the space that we're in right now. And the, the address again? 869 Whaley Avenue, New Haven, and, Connecticut. And are you on the first floor or second floor? or We're, we're on the second floor, yeah. So right now, you know, that is something that we, 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 wanna, we want to be a uh, clinic that is uh, accessible to everybody. And there mm -hmm. are stairs. So right now, we are not handicap accessible. Um, and, but we do want to eventually try to make that to where we can be uh, that way. But there are stairs to go upstairs to the second floor. Let's let's linger a little bit on on what you've just said. And again, I might my question might just cause you to just repeat exactly what you've already said. Uh, but given your journey in terms of psychiatry and in the business world and and uh, the the academic world, why this initiative, this movement, this uh, satellite, this I won't say temple, but this 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 uh, this, this innovative way of dealing with healing. Why is it important at this stage in your life for you? And what is it? Is it a trend? Do you see things are emerging? Do you think it's as a result of people being frustrated? I'm just curious about the the, the context of how you you you've seen your your necessarily your involvement, but also your your trajectory and what's brought you to 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 Whaley Avenue uh, at this stage in your life. Yeah, I know. So I'll tell you more from my my personal uh, viewpoint. Um, you know, when I was a, a resident, when I was a resident at Yale, I had to work in um, many different contexts, uh, emergency departments and eye patient centers and things. And I spent a significant amount of time at our state um, hospital system, uh, Connecticut Mental Health Center, uh, also um, treating uh, clients there. And I just was, I don't know, frustrated? I don't know if frustrated is the right word, but um, concerned about the amount of medications that we are putting on um, people in general, but specifically people of color mm. and how we're just medicating their symptoms to where they are flat, not emotional, not able to have enjoyment in life. Like these medications have really, really big side effects. Um, and I, like I said, acutely, I'm, I'm, I'm totally supportive of that because people, if they're acutely unsafe, they need, med you know, maybe medication help them get to a place of safety. But these people were on medic these medications for decades. Um, mm. And I'm like, is there a better way? Is there a better way to live life without being subdued and medicated and like it's sedated, basically? Mm. Um, is there a way to, to do that? And so that actually began my interest in what we call integrative psychiatry, mm -hmm. um, which is more looking at this holistic way of, of healing. And I took a course in it, uh, really enjoyed my intro course and asked me to the fellowship in it. Uh, integrated psychiatry your lung fellowship in it um and it really just informed um my perspective on life and even for me personally i mean i'm a person um that also has a mental health history and i have found uh for me personally meaning in my life by looking at all aspects of my life mm -hmm. not just my symptoms mm. uh and so i think and especially uh in the people of people of color which is where i particularly am passionate about um 
this is not really taught. It's not really taught <laughs> that mm. way. Mm. You know, you have the symptom, you did taught that, oh, you should not be depressed or you should not be this or something's wrong with you. Or you're given a bunch of drugs to try to then, you know, fix that symptom so that you can um, go on and, and work or, or whatever. But then it doesn't address the other aspects of your life. Let, let, let's stay a little bit still on, on, on the wellness center. And then I want to jump to the uh, your, your MAPS involvement. And I'm not sure. Were you, were you out of Denver, by the way, this past this, I was. This yeah. Were uh, you there? No, but but I okay. certainly I have wanted to. And then, you know, the, the upcoming research and uh, uh, in terms of accessibility, is are you guys accepting insurance? Uh, how do you kind of screen people? If someone is even gets listened to these last uh, t- 10 or 12 minutes and say, oh, I got I want to I got to reach out to Jamila right right now. Is there a mm-hmm. telephone number for them to call? What's the best way to kind of explore the, the client development? Yeah, so either, yeah, they can definitely give, give us a call, leave a message, uh, and we can get back to them. Uh, the fastest way is actually just to go to our website, okay. which is uh, westrockwellness.com, and just fill out a little brief intake with your name and sort of what you are, like, you know, wanting to uh, help, wanting us to help you with. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then um, our, you know, our system will give you give a call back, schedule a 10 minute free consultation. Uh, with myself or uh, any of the, my, my other colleagues that are there, uh, just talk about sort of what, well, how can we help uh, and what your need is. Um, right now, we don't take insurance um, we because we're so small, um, but we do ultimately want to take uh, insurance at some point, uh, particularly mm-hmm. Husky. Like, so mm-hmm. we do have like this uh, desire to um, really want, because a lot of people are on Husky um, who are underserved. And so we want to be able to figure out a way that we can, accept Husky and uh, be able to help people um, who are on that insurance. But right now it is cash pay. We do offer a sliding scale if needed, uh, mm-hmm. depending on the person's circumstances. And so that's more of an individual basis. Um, but uh, that is our current kind of practice. Good, good. Uh, and guess for, for the, I'm going to kind of go, hopefully not too left to the right to the center and just not, I may not appear to be so focused, but both people are going to correct me if I'm wrong. If, is it your sense in terms of the popular uh, communication dynamic, the words like psilocybin, LSD, peyote, magic mushrooms, uh, I think that people are going to hear these these phrases more and more and may be bombarded with advocates and people that are not advocating. Uh, is, is that your sense that there might be kind of a Tower of Babel confusion about what might be un- unfolding with this, uh, and I'll call it the, the psycho- psychedelic renaissance, but I'm just curious where you see, do you see the the, the media, not necessarily social media, but just media in general and media and technology kind of uh, impacting the, the truth, if there is such a thing, p- pertaining to these new methodologies that you are you are so much in support of? Um, yeah, I think my biggest fear uh, with sort of the hype of psychedelics in the media right now is that it is, being it, it, it is being portrayed a little bit as a one-stop shop mm-hmm. a, a magic pill the miracle drug mm-hmm. uh, and that is not what we're seeing in clinical trials and so I, and so I, I you know I don't want people to get disappointed in the fact that uh, it may not work for them it really depends uh, and so there are some people that this is a great treatment modality for and others are not and I and really the big thing is whether or not people want to get I, I kind of I kind of uh, talk about psychedelics when I when I have my uh, clinical trials uh, participants um, explain it this way. Psychedelics are a door opener. They're they are they are not they they don't necessarily change anything about the person. 
themselves. It, it's open the door hmm. and they show the person what's possible mm-hmm. if they desire that. Hmm. Uh, and so you walk through this door, you explore, and then you decide, okay, this is great. I'm going to keep walking. Let me keep doing it. Or I'm not, this is not something I want. Um, and then ultimately after the second experience is over, the person has to decide of what they have been shown, what hmm. is it they want to, want to actually apply to their life. And then they have to go and do the work and apply it. They don't do the work to apply it. That then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. It doesn't help them. There's no. There's no really a long-term psychological effect from it. But they really have to then go do the work um, to actually make the change necessary. And so that's not being talked about in the media. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason we're going to do one or two more follow-up shows as well. Not it, but talk, Jamila, just uh, unpack a little bit. Just as you were talking uh, about how the brain works, and, and not that you have to give a, 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 a grand round discussion <laughs> or, or neuro, neuroscience. But again, in, in layman, I think people still need to hear, you have a psychiatry background, you're a doctor. Mm-hmm. So talk, talk about the, this, the, 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 the challenges, the brain, people, humanity. I, I mean, I, I hope you understand where I'm coming from. Uh, the, the, the challenges of, of, being, of being feeling whole and feeling good as, as a species in the context of your, your medical training. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, our, our, our brains are interesting. So I, I'm personally, I would say that I'm a multi, multi-dimensional person in terms of what I believe. So I believe in a, a spiritual aspect of life. I believe in the physical aspect of life, emotional aspect of life. And so all these components uh, for mm. me are actually present. Mm-hmm. And um, there is sickness on all of those levels. You can have mm. spiritual sickness, you can have physical sickness. You can have emotional sickness. Um, there may be other, dim- you know, domains I'm not even mentioning. Um, and in order to feel whole, these systems, I have to call them, need to be integrated mm. and basically plugged in to the main computer, which is like, in my view, this this main this this per- the inside of you is this is this person that's you, who at the core is the person that you always wanted to be whatever mm. that may be. Mm. Um, and sometimes um, our systems get disconnected from that core through trauma, through uh, depression, through other things that may happen to us. And so we end up ignoring this aspect of ourselves, which is really our, our true selves. Mm. Um, and then trying to get caught into these other systems, which are not really our true selves. Mm-hmm. And we have to kind of plug them back in. Mm. Um, and that's what really psychedelics, I think, are really good at doing is helping us figure out what that core is and who that person is and then helping us figure out what systems need to be worked on to get that plugged back in. And, and after, and, and, and uh, after a person has gone through the, perhaps the initial experience, you, you reference that the work, there still is work to be done that the doors are opening. Does a person uh, still have someone to assist or a counselor or come back to you? What's kind of the, you know, the, the path <clears throat> or that, that one should so, expect? Yeah, so that you know, there are two. So right now, psychedelics, at least in Connecticut, are not legal, um, uh, and so there's no, you can't really get them outside of clinical trial. So in our clinical trials, which I do run at Yale, and I, you know, we are looking for uh, participants who have OCD or depression or PTSD to um, be in our clinical o- trials. O- o- OCD is what again? Oh, oh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay. Yeah, so, very much so- extreme anxiety that leads to people doing repetitive behaviors uh, for long periods of time. All right. 
Uh, well, and, and so you mentioned that you're looking for folks who participate in this particular trial. What's how do, mm -hmm. how do they how do they someone might yeah, say someone might want to call you right now? Well, yes. Yes. So send, you can send, certainly send me an email. It's jamila.hokinson uh, at yale.edu if there's an interest. We also have our main sort of, um, I think it's like o o OCD, um, psilocybin at Yale. Just look, look up OC, you know, look up uh, OCD psilocybin Yale, and you'll be able to find like our main like uh, research number or email there. Either one of those locations can, can get, we can get you in. We can get you at least a screening and see if you'll be a good fit. Um, but you have to have a primary diagnosis of obsession compulsive disorder. Uh, and it's a, it's a treatment that we're looking at with using psilocybin to see if that would help. Mm -hmm. We do right now two doses of psilocybin uh, given about a week apart. And there is a therapy that happens in the actual experience itself where there's two therapists in the room. I'm, I can be one of those co-therapists um, who are there with the person. And then mm -hmm. we meet with the person afterwards for about one or two sessions to help a little bit with integration. Um, and so that's the current clinical trial for our obsessive compulsive disorder. We will be launching a clinical trial for depression disorder um, in April. That's also using psilocybin. That's a one-dose study looking at people that have a primary diagnosis of depression. And then we will be launching another clinical trial um, looking at hopefully psilocybin in young adults. Oh. Um, and so I'm looking at, I, I'm passionate about young adults and adolescents. And right now, all of our clinical trials require you to be an adult. Mm -hmm. So we're really, I'm hoping to get a, a clinical trial approved that will allow me to drop that age down to at least 16 mm. and to be able to, for those 16 year olds who are psych, psychologically minded, meaning that they can make use of the things that may come up in their session. If they're not that mm -hmm. way, then there's no point in having them actually do it. But I think there's a lot of uh, a uh, youth, um, especially those who have uh, had a lot of responsibility early on in life, um, which would likely benefit from this trial. And and I'm passionate about it because, in my mind, if we can help youth uh, really um, overcome their maybe mental health challenges now, mm -hmm. it may help them down the road to not have to fall into repeat patterns of behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, that they may have experienced in their childhood. And so that's my theory, at least. And so I'm looking, you know, hoping to explore that. Don't know if we'll get it approved or not, but that's certainly <laughs> one of the other possibilities. And our last one that we are going to be doing is a, uh, a, a clinical trial in uh, healthy people uh, right now, looking at MDMA and ketamine versus ketamine. Mm -hmm. So really exploring to see whether or not MDMA uh, or ketamine can help basically um, what we call fear extinction. So also we're going to do a PTSD trial. And in PTSD, there's a lot of fear. Uh, and so we're trying to see whether or not uh, the mechanism for how MDMA works to reduce that fear, how ketamine may work to reduce that fear, and which one may be better. So we're doing it in healthy controls first, and then our, our goal is a small pilot. And then after that, we're going to be looking at people with trauma and uh, having them receive MDMA or ketamine. In general, how long would, will, the, will the person be participating in the trial for a year, six months, two years? Yeah, there's a, each of the clinical trials have different time horizons. Uh, on average, it's about three months uh, okay. when they are participating in it. Um, I will say the downside of our clinical trials is that they don't get a lot of therapy with it. Like I said, really the, the key for psychedelics is to uh, make use of the therapy. We do do some therapy, but in my opinion, it's, it's not nearly, you know, what, what, what will be ideal. 
Um, and so if they have access to a therapist, like Wells Fargo, <laughs> that they can, they can, you know, uh, make use of kind of what they have uh, kind of Indeed. gained that. Yeah, that's sort of what I recommend. And at West Rock Wellness, that's kind of what the model that we have. And so when we use ketamine, you know, we are generally wanting to do it uh, with their therapeutic support that we provide there, um, both before their ketamine experience, during their ketamine experience, and then after their ketamine experience. And the goal is the, the idea is to kind of make use of whatever uh, insights they may have gained in their experience. Nope. And that that's really so great. Uh, we have about 20 minutes. So as, as things kind of come across your, your mind, please, please share. Um, the, when, when you, can I guess, this is not a, a, a catch, a catch me kind of question, and I'm not trying to mm -hmm. ask you to spill all of your, your, your beans, but have you ever met a black person who's not felt somewhat depressed that, it, that could not qualify at the moment for any of these studies? Are the ways, um... of, the ways of determining the depression is that, is is there any black person on the planet that could not qualify for some of your studies right now? Could not substantiate his or her trauma, her degree, her degree of de his or her degree of de depression, his or her degree of uh, feeling yeah, uh, obsessed. So, so we we use standardized measures to assess like the psychiatric symptoms. So they have to basically, um, you know, we, we'll give them these uh, kind of um, surveys that we have uh, that that are standardized in the in the industry. That's depression survey, a, a trauma survey, for example, a uh, obsession compulsive disorder uh, survey, and they have to basically meet a certain level of that. So basically, be right now moderate to severe. So based on the results of these surveys, they'll give us like a number, and then that's the threshold that we use to see if they're eligible. Honestly, so that's yeah. so it's not it's not it's not that they have to self-report that they're depressed. It's more they have to answer all these questions on these surveys, and then we can determine that. Is it your opinion that the surveys are colorblind or or biased? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, so, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, maybe I'll rephrase my question: Is <laughs> are this should there be a separate survey for a person, a black person, in terms of determining diagnosing his or her depression versus someone else? Mm -hmm. should, yeah, should there I. Be? No, that's very good. That's a very good point. Um, and yes, uh, I personally think that it will be great. Unfortunately, we don't have a survey that uh, looks at uh, ethnic background as a factor um, right now. There's no like industry standard. I think there are some that are being explored, but there's nothing that is definitive. And so I think, yeah, I think I'm going to take that back and do some work and see whether or not we can maybe find something that can help maybe screen a little bit more uh, for people of color. And just in general, and again, and I appreciate your candor and your transparency. We've just met, and you're kind of trying to decide my 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 way the way that I chat chat with people. And quite frankly, I've been doing this since, since 2015 for the show, and I still amaze myself in terms of each, each show brings out different things in me. So bear, bear, <laughs> bear with me. Uh, uh, the 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 TV celebrity that's kind of overdosed is that. It might be a blip on the screen. People might not have been paying attention to it, but it, but it has gotten there. There seemed to be some two or three weeks later after the guy's death from the ketamine overdose. It still is in the the popular culture. Do you see sometimes the media uh, distorting the the efficacy and and future potential of uh, what you're involved with? Um. Do I see? You know, so there are these case reports that tend to to. Uh 
I get sensationalized. I, I do, you know, I've, I, I actually read that particular one because a participant who's wanting to be kind of me was concerned about it. And when I, and, and if you look at the headline, I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. What's, what's this? They took ketamine and then he died. But then I read the fine print of the article and it's like, oh, he took ketamine weeks ago. It's unlikely that he died from the ketamine he got in the clinic is that he likely got it outside the clinic and, mm-hmm. and then died, which is a totally different thing. Anything, anything in the, anything that is uh, not prescribed by the doctor is, you know, who knows what, you know, there's bets are all off in terms of whether or not it's safe or not. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know what they got. I don't know, you know, what, what the quantity was, but mm-hmm. they, there have been, at least in my, and I could be wrong about this, but at least in my experience, but certainly with our clinical trials, uh, there have been no acute um, uh, fatalities that mm-hmm. we have had uh, when it's, when, when we, when we have dosed. So, you know, when it's done in a clinical setting, uh, then these, these are very safe drugs to do. Uh, outside of a clinical setting, I just cannot guarantee anything. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Let's jump. We have about t- uh, 10, 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes. Uh, let's jump to your, you, you were in Denver this past early summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, you're involved with various trials, as you mentioned, and approvals for things. Let's, let's, let's talk about the... Uh, the, the clinical trial process, the the Institute of Health process, the FDA process, uh, because it's my opinion that it's 2024, but these, what you're involved with is going to be impacting whatever people are taking now for 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 a, for, for ailments for for joints. It's it seems to me that the that this this the psilocybin, the peyote, the marijuana, there's there's we may be taking aspirin, what we call aspirin in the past. It might be just like another aspirin or something. I'm I'm not sure if I'm making any sense, but I, yeah, I see. no, you are. Yeah. So you know, um, so the current clinical trials are not necessarily a medical. At least the ones that, that we do here at Yale um, are not a medicalized one. Meaning, meaning that that uh, it is unlikely that you that when these when these are approved by the FDA that you'll be able to just go to your doctor and get a prescription for psilocybin and then go to your local pharmacy, buy the pill and then take it out. That's not, that is not the current, that is not the current clinic, the clinical trials. Um, most likely these are going to be probably follow the same kind of uh, path that uh, a drug called Spravada follow, which is a ketamine internasal spray uh, drug um, for depression. And that is where you can only get the drug in a doctor's office and you mm-hmm. have to take it there. And mm-hmm. then you have to stay there for a certain amount of time and then be cleared by the doctor to go home. Um, so that means, though, if you think about that, there's a huge, it's going to be a huge bottleneck to even get access to these drugs because mm. you have to, they have to probably uh, be a doctor that is certified by MAPS or whoever to actually administer the drug. So that's going to cost money, training, and whatever have you. They have to be a doctor that knows then the effects of these drugs and how they work, um, which is going to be a small population. Then to get the drug, it's only going to be, for example, if MAPS gets approved, it's MAPS MDMA that's approved. It's not all MDMA. Mm-hmm. And so that's so then that's going to be like a, a bottleneck there because who knows the supply of MAPS, um, the supply of the whole United States. And then after that, uh, you know, then there's like this whole waiting period that the person, so I mean, it's just, this is a whole, it's not going to be this MDMA is approved, not MDMA for everybody, go, go find it. So I think that's going to be something that Tamiya does not really talk about uh, the challenges there. Um, now, getting to your other question though, the medicalized model. So there are uh, there are companies that are looking at 
um, if I, can I remove the psychedelic effect from the psychedelic drug mm. and then just give it as a pill that people take once a day for the rest of their life? Mm. So in that case, if there is no psychedelic effect and then you could, in theory, have a drug that you can get to the pharmacy that is your MDMA-like drug but has no, no psychedelic effect, it mainly treats your trauma symptoms, you take it once a day, and, and that's it. And so there are companies that are, being, that are actually starting to do um, research in that space. And that mm-hmm. likely will be like a, a, you know, I can imagine a product like that being on the market and being available to people. Mm. 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 Talk to me, Jamila, in the context of what you've shared, and it's really been so so, so rich. Um, and I really appreciate your referencing the 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 political, the the system, the the processes, the pros and cons of, of when something reaches the the, the consumer market. Uh, but in the interim, you, you kind of illustrated or testified or commented earlier in the discussion about the, the mental health crisis that's kind of pervading all of us or many, many of us and particularly people of color. And your background, you've been involved. I was just looking at some of the uh, racism of public health things you've been involved with, the impact of this, the the community research of that and the student run things and health and fitness. So you've been really the holistic is kind of an understatement in terms of your, your approach. I'm just curious what you would suggest to the, to folks today and Friday, January 5th, uh, about us mean preserving at least a part of our sanity as we move forward in this chaotic environment. Mm, Yeah. Um, so I am a big mindfulness meditation person. A big is probably uh, overstatement. Mm-hmm. So it, these are these are things that, which I uh, you know feel strongly are helpful. And I know, in, and even being a mother of four young boys, mm-hmm. um, I am often fearful. Like it's just it's just the world and the environment and sort of what's out there is it kind of makes me afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I cannot live my life in fear, and so. I do meditation and mindfulness to try to just regulate my own nervous system mm. to just get a state of peace and calm because I can't, I can only control what I can control mm-hmm. and I need to let go of what I can out. Uh, and so I can do what I can now in the space that I have. And so just recognizing, recognizing that, at least for me, I have helped, helped me become grounded and helped me to kind of weather sort of the, the challenges that may be coming in or, or that are out there. And as you mentioned, the Wellness Center is providing meditation, and I know you, you've done you films and uh, mm-hmm. uh, the family generational impact kind of things you're involved with. And again, uh, if someone says, "Tom, are you are you have you been hired uh, by Jordan and Jamila to promote the, the Wellness Center?" I'll say, "No, not hired. I'm, I'm working pro bono, and and, and, I'm pr- <laughs> and and I'm proud. I'm proud to do it." And there are others. Uh, kind of this kind of a. A general question, Jamila, what kind of support, if any, would you, do you need or would like from the community? And I'll use that term in a very general sense, not in a specific sense. Is there ways mm-hmm. that I think people, we forget that you're on the cutting edge in my mind. Uh, my bias is pretty clear that in the innovations and sustaining humanity, for that matter. What what kind of help can we, the, the general we, the population, the community, people kind of provide you guys uh, if you need any such help in that regard, in any regard? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's oh certainly. If there's a, a person that may benefit from our services, they might you know by all means love more people to come in uh, to to our center and kind of uh, 
partner you know, with us in terms of our community programmings and being participants of that, or if they have an idea as to uh, uh, what would be helpful in the community uh, that we can offer, that would be great. Um, so that that's one aspect. The other aspect, though, also too, is if if there are any kind of more more affluent members of our community who have a passion in this work, um, we need more trials looking at specifically people of color, psychedelics, uh, and this holistic approach. Because if there's no clinical trials that the evidence for treatment by the FDA, and that then gets things and and reimbursed by insurance if it's FDA approved. If it's not FDA approved, if, if it's something that is sort of uh, on the fringe, then insurance won't reimburse. Mm-hmm. And so we, we need more evidence-based things to be able to show insurance, you know, the FDA and other, and other people, this is a better, you know, a, a way of being able to help improve people's lives. And so uh, that requires money. Um, and so there are more affluent members who like to run, like to sponsor clinical trials you know, yeah. at our center. We certainly are. Um, and, you know, Jordan's definitely uh, the, on the research uh, side of our, of our clinic. We like to run clinical trials to really show that this this works and it can really help people. That's perfect. That's perfect. And and even if we had to, you were involved with marketing, if sometimes when you even, we, we know we no longer talk about experiments, but now clinical trials, but still you know, the nuances, the guinea pig thing, I, I, what kind of new phrase can we come up with? It's not really that you're it, it is a experiment, if you will, but life, so much of life is an experiment. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I'm trying to think of a way we can just commonly say you're, you're not really jeopardizing. You're participating in, in, in history. Yes. And it, yeah. yes. And if it's uh and yeah, you're right. Yeah. History making. Uh, and for participants, they'll be free if this, if we have it, you know, as a clinical trial, because then we are providing a treatment to them so they can mm-hmm. get some benefit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're helping us to be innovators. And I and I go to that as we kind of I want to jump to the your your background with with Frito Lay and, and Pepsi, just in terms of marketing. Because again, when when you think of people that are that have their MBA, often folks kind of categorize them and stereotype them as just thinking about the money and thinking about addicting people to 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 potato, chip, to potato chips or sugar sugar filled mm-hmm. drinks. So I mean, you mm-hmm. moved from that one sort of addiction industry to so what what's what how, how did that happen i mean did, I, I don't want to get too too personal but i'm sure i'm sure i'm not the first to answer answer to ask this question and it's really mm-hmm. the back door of the question is just as a as a really a high salute and compliment for you to navigate so many different systems and then to kind of now integrate them so i'm just i'm just curious how you've uh how you've integrated all these all these thought streams into your your, your little brain or your, your yeah brain. no I am extremely grateful uh, for my experience at the PepsiCo with Boston Gamble and Frito Lay um, because it really helped me uh, develop into a really strong business leader um, and so having that background in medicine for me it's so important because we don't get taught business in medical school mm. uh, not at all and so. Oftentimes, um, the uh, and you kind of need money and business acumen to to be able to really bring about change and innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I am grateful that I have that background because it allows me to be able to help our practice be sustainable mm-hmm. uh, and not go under. Especially because this is this is something that's innovative. Uh, so there's not not a lot of insurance reimbursements that we can currently apply for. Um, became one for some, but not a lot. And so we need to be able to figure out ways to be sustainable. And so that's where my business background comes in, which I, I am really grateful for. Excellent. 
let, let's jump. I, I'm, let me just take a deep breath. It, is, do, do you have a question for me or do you want to say something on another topic? I, I want to go to Denver for a second, possibly, but I don't want it. We have like 10, 10 oh, yeah. minutes. No, let's go to Denver. Talk, talk, uh, share with the people a little bit about, about Denver. Uh, and I mean, mm -hmm. a, a ton of people came. You, you saw various thoughts. I, I saw the last, one of the last days where uh, the gentleman that's that's kind of the the Moses of of, of uh, Dublin. It was Rick Rick Dublin, Rick, yeah. Rick Dublin, and the closing session when some of the indigenous people came up and wanted to raise the issue of whether we just uh, appropriating or colonizing historical methodologies that have been around for centuries. I'm just curious, mm -hmm. about, curious about about your perspective of that Denver experience as we move forward, because again. I'm convinced this people are using the term Renaissance, whether, whether you want to use Renaissance or whatever you want to use this, this, this is going to be capturing, I think it's already captured people's public imagination, the creative imagination. You see films now where people are taking drugs and talking about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just mm -hmm. curious, uh, uh, as you want to reflect on Denver and what that means moving forward in terms of this mass. Yeah. Movement. This could be a whole other show. That, 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 I, I, I believe I believe we both agree that you're coming on the show again. Is that is that a fair is that a fair assessment? Do we have that that's, a, that's a good assessment. Yes. Good. 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 So so I'll give a little teaser and then we certainly unpack this at a later show. Um, so my personal uh, dismay with psychedelic movement is the commercialization of it, mm -hmm. and it, it, and the indigenous um, communities are right. These have been around for centuries. If you look at it, look at how they actually practice indigenous communities, it, they they're not saying we have this drug and we're going to sell it to you to make money. Like they're everybody in the community has access to this, the the substance in the community, for example, um, and and they are, they only take the substance to make the community stronger. Hmm. And so it's this model of the psychedelics are there in support of the individual who are then in support of the community. Um, and, and, and that's where what is used for. And it's used in that aspect of healing like the community and making the community stronger. Um, but yet we've now taken it as we are with Western society, extracted out what we think the value is, repackaging that and then selling it uh, to make a profit. And that mm -hmm. really just, I'm just really uncomfortable with that. Um, and that's why that's why at the West Park Wellness, by the way, we, we actually don't use the branded drug of ketamine because it's asking $800 and it mainly is ketamine repackaged in a, in a manner by which to sell it. We use um, generic ketamine, which is a mm. dollar, mm. 800 versus a dollar. Mm. Like so, and so I would love if we can get to hopefully, uh, I, I, and you know, I think masses have a somewhat of an interest in the space, um, but a way to be able to uh, make psychedelics and not have them cost $800 mm -hmm. for the drug itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, I mean, you're a busy person. We're all busy, so I don't want to hold you up. But we have another. We could maximize another four minutes, or we or we could say. Yeah, actually, I want to say something. One more thing. I say one about this too about the community. Um, I also, you know, I have an interest, and we at West Rockers have an interest too in community building. Because even though I say, hey, you know, we are treating the individual, we really want to treat the community. And so we love it when family systems come to us mm -hmm. and the whole family system wants to be a part of our, of our, of our center. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have, you know, we do have a number of cases where we are treating like the entire family system 
um, because that's where healing occurs. And yes. so if there is like a group or a support system that wants to come to us and figure out a way as to how we can help that entire support system be better, that will be very interesting for us. Because like I said, psychedelics historically have been given as part of a community system. And uh, um, I think that's often where healing occurs is in the, is in the community. Is even so? If I throw out like, I'm, I'm, I guess as you were talking there, Jamila, my mind went to agencies, organizations, also in New Haven that might have an interest, or that you may already be collaborating with, or might be as, as aspiring to collaborate with. Um, Cliff Clifford Beers, for example. I mean, I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. curious. Have you guys been having any preliminary discussions with other agencies that are involved with the healing, the healing quest? Uh, not necessarily, but yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts as to maybe ways that we think we, we could collaborate that would be a benefit to the community. Okay, all right, good. So I'll, I'll share share some of those, and we'll okay. maybe maybe bring them into the next show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thirty seconds. Last word, Doctor Doctor Hokinson, share with us. Come to West. Come to West Rock Wellness. Let's all work on healing together. You guys are located where again? Eight six nine Whaley Ave the second floor and the website uh www.westrockwellness.com perfect perfect jamila thank you so much again this is just this is not a one-off we, we're just beginning we're in the embryonic stage <laughs> <laughs> Th- thank you great. thank you i'm looking forward to, to, to talking with you further appreciate yes, your time me too. As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen I'm never quitting on my mission, I'ma roll with what I'm giving Got some ambition, this new addition, filling positions Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing Better watch the way you going, better go in the right direction In the moment you stressing, but you gon' be counting blessings And I know that for certain, keep on working, open curtains Haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version Whoa. I'm never gon' give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah you're listening to the Tom Ficken Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio.